I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. beautiful mama. Many women have asked me over the years what happens in a group coaching call. If you've never been a part of an online program or received any sort of coaching support, the idea of gathering together with dozens, sometimes hundreds of other women once a week to listen to me answer your questions might be a bit foreign. What do you get out of that? What do we talk about? So I wanted to bring you some of these answers that I have shared with the mamas in the returning home community. I love the energy on these calls. If you could picture in your mind as you listen to this, on the screen in front of you, you see the faces of all of these different women from around the world. Sometimes there's a baby on their lap or a baby on their breast. Sometimes they're prepping dinner with the call on while they're doing that. And each week you end up recognising some of the faces. You recognise their comments in the chat box. You get to know them. You feel like this is your village. Every week you jump back in either live or many, many, many of the women who are in my programs listen to this on replay and you look forward to this chance to create space for yourself hear other women's questions, realise you're not alone, realise that your questions are the questions they're asking too. And so every now and then on this podcast, I'd like to share with you some of the questions that are coming up in these group coaching calls, in these online women's circles, as I call them. I want you to not only hear the answers I share, but also hear the questions because it helps us realise that the questions we're asking ourselves are universal. That as we navigate motherhood and womanhood, the questions and the struggles that we have are so similar. That's why we need a village. That's why we need to come together and have these conversations. So what you'll hear first today is the beginning of a women's circle call from the Returning Home program a few weeks ago right in the middle of isolation and overwhelm. Hundreds of mamas joined me online and we had this conversation. I hope you can hear the answers and the questions that you are looking for right now. And please know, returning home is now open again for six months, a six-month program where we do exactly what you will hear in the coming minutes. We speak honestly about motherhood. We support each other. 
We bring in tools and experts and interviews to get the answers we're looking for and we deeply honour and support each other. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. I wanted to start by talking about this whole program. Well, this, it's not a program in the sense of you needed to start at A and go all the way through to Z, but this whole process of returning home has been, I hope, an invitation for you to really um, come back to a place within you that knows and to come back to an old way, perhaps, or an ancient way or a feminine way of trusting yourself, knowing yourself, and being able to, therefore, from that place of knowing, go out to what everybody else is needing right now. And when I look through the Facebook group and I look through the comments, I notice something that I've noticed for five years running these programs with so many of you that have been there right from the beginning and thousands of other mamas. Something happens when I invite a mama, a woman, to join a circle like this and explore who they are, explore within themselves. So, yes, we look at things like how to be calm and how to cook nourishing foods and how to play with our children. But at the core of it, it's this sense of self, the steadiness. Like in the Facebook group, I can see how do I let go of rage? How do I deal with my eight-year-old? How do I handle this part? How do I avoid burnout? All of those things. They're like the, the secondary questions. The first question that I've been inviting women to ask for years is do you know yourself and what do you need underneath all of that being a good mum and being a good woman and being a good wife or an ex-wife or a daughter or a sister or whoever you need to be right now what about you that's returning home that's coming back to yourself it's that tree analogy that I've spoken about so many times that it's this sense of you know, this strength because your roots go so deep. 
And the only time that we get knocked around with how do I handle my kid or how do I handle my husband or how do I handle the coronavirus is when we haven't watered our roots, when we've let them get dry again. And, that, and I mean that, dry, like they dry out. We dry out. We get all brittle and hard and we're not flexible and soft. That's why I love kundalini yoga. It's that warming up of the spine and awakening that energy. It's like all of the juices, I often think, are sort of stirred. We, As women, we need that. But when we get lost in those roles, we become, we, we lose our grounding. We lose our sense of self. And then we have something like this happen where more than ever we're going to be thrown around and knocked around and bent and demanded on and asked to do impossible things like school our children while running a business and keeping quiet while our husbands are trying to work or whatever else we're being asked to do. So I read this book. Oh, my other page just opened. I read this book just a few weeks after the bushfires at the start of this year. Jade, I think this is a gift from the sea. Jade, I think you suggested this to me years ago. My, was it you that said this? I can't remember. One of the mamas in my programs for years has always said to me, Amy, you should read Gift from the Sea. And um, my mum had it and we were at my parents' house. We went back um, over the Australia Day long weekend to see how they all were after the bushfires and I saw it on her shelf and I took it down to the beach and I was reading it and I thought, oh, this is, this is it. This is what I've always been talking about as well, this experience of being a mother and a wife and a daughter but then at the end what about you and who are you and I wrote a quote in January this year that I found again today in preparation for tonight that I really wanted to share with all of you and that is how do we remain whole in a world that pulls us into different focuses, that fragments us over and over again. If I could wish for anything that you take away from this time together in this spectacular group of women, it is the most beautiful community I've ever had the privilege of gathering, but we'll talk more about that next week because otherwise I will get to you now. If I could ask you to remember anything, it is that question. How do I remain whole in a world that fragments me over and over and over again? In my book, I talk about the inner split that thing that happens when we become a mother where suddenly we are the mother and who we used to be and that struggle of trying to become at peace with those two parts of yourself is often what we struggle with. But I think beyond that, we almost fragment into so many pieces and somehow returning home needs to be this returning to this, 
So how do we do that? Over the last few weeks, as I said, we've done a lot of really practical things because I think in times like this, we we need the practical tools. We need the food and the play ideas and the meditations and the oils and the mantras and the songs. But these are, whoops, let me just mute that. But these are, again, the secondary, the, the, no, not the secondary, they are the fragment gatherers at work as an analogy. They are the glue that brings all those little pieces of you back together. So my belief is that the only way for me to stay whole when there are so many split focuses is to live what I've been thinking about is centre down is this sense of groundedness in me first. Massive question, yes. And then I heard just a few days ago on my run after the morning meditation I do with all of you, I go, I am not usually a runner, but I'm loving it. Again, I think it's running away from the house that's probably the the loveliest part and I say that with all love for my family but we all know what it feels like right now and to put headphones in and just go oh yeah there's a sense of freedom it's like the wild woman is released Um, and I was listening to something on my run which is the second part of what I wanted to share in answer to that question and I really would love to hear what you think about this This recording I was listening to said, let me just go to my notes so I can make sure I get the wording right. (sighs) You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You can't have the split intention of being everything to everyone and honouring what you need. Your master has to be your inner being or your inner feelings first and then as I was and start sharing in the the chat box what you think about that so I'm running and I'm thinking about it and I'm pulling in all of these conclusions okay so how do we live when the world asks us to be fragmented and we need to be all of this how do we stay whole so if we stay whole by living from within first And then I hear this idea of we cannot have two masters. Then this really means that we have to make our well-being, our health, our our happiness, our okayness the first thing, the master. It has to be first. And then as I'm preparing to share this with all of you, I'm thinking I can't tell everybody to say that the master is themselves first, even though that's what I want to say. Because we're so programmed to put everyone else first. Which is what I wanted to say right from the beginning. I've watched this for five years, gathering women together to talk about themselves. And we start talking about them and so quickly it says, but what about my husband? 
but what about my daughter? But what about this and what about that? And the challenge is to keep reminding ourselves, including me, no, hang on, me first, then the answer to that will come. Me first, then I'll know how to show up. If I am aware of what I am feeling and needing and seeing right now, what stories I'm telling myself, what patterns are coming up, then I can make that decision. I want this to be not triggering. I want this to just poke that little belief that still says no. I really want to be able to take you just a little bit further into self-actualization, into that full belief that I have to be okay first. Me first feels like the most natural thing to do and yet not at all because of our programming. Exactly. Yes. So let's talk about this for a little bit. How does that feel to think about centre down, you here now? Over the last few weeks, with everything that has been intensified at home and in your life, when you think about what you need now to feel whole and to be less blown around by all of the happenings day in, day out, if you have your journal or your pen, I'd love you to take a moment now If not, all good, just think, come back to it later. What are the ways that you are discovering that allow you to bring those fragmented pieces of yourself back? That inner split, the the gazillion splits that we're feeling right now, that stretched too far. What things have you learnt that help you return home? And I encourage you to just, of course, the first few things might be obvious, meditation, good food, whatever. Get into the micro moments of the last few weeks. When did you feel on top of it? When did you feel whole? When did you feel aligned as part of these calls I also answer specific questions from mamas in this question a mama asked how to get through that five o'clock slump she does great throughout the day and then gets to five o'clock and her energy is completely lacking. She's flat. She doesn't want to keep going with the bedtime routine and she knows that a long night is ahead of her because some of her children still wake. So she asked me and the group, what can I do to avoid that five o'clock slump where I snap, I get angry and overwhelmed? And here's my answer. We need to be aware of the momentum that we are building throughout the day. And the best analogy I've always heard on this is a train analogy. So, Joe, I'll use your example of five o'clock. So by the time five o'clock comes, 
you're on a train that's been running all day. And by the time five o'clock comes around, that train is going really, really fast to burn out, overwhelm station. It's, it's been building all day. It's at full speed and at five o'clock, that's it. It just is, it just is all consuming. The time to stop that train and fix it is not at 5.01 or 4.55. The train is going too fast. It's built so much momentum that the small things that you do to try and change it at 5 o'clock will have very little effect on how. I mean, we can do little things like music and um, dancing and, you know, shifting our energy, going for a walk, uh, all of those little things. But what I would like you to bring to mind is that what can you do at 2 o'clock to slow that train that's going to slam at 5 o'clock? What are you doing at 10 o'clock to ensure that you're not going to run out of steam at 5? This is the conscious awareness we need to have in our whole day and in our life, putting ourselves first. So are you eating properly? I remember when I had little ones, I'd get to 5 o'clock and I'd be starving because all I'd eaten was the little scraps of their leftover lunches. I still do that sometimes. You know, we need to be aware that this pattern is here and dealing with it in the moment at 5 o'clock is not going to uh, always turn that train around. The momentum is too strong. It's going too fast. It's, it's past it. What can you do at 2? What can you do at 10? What can you do at 6? How can you change it before it gets to that point? So that's um, the best thing I could say about um, all of those emotions, rage, burnout, overwhelm. Don't try and fix it in the moment. If you can, put in practices earlier to make sure you don't get to that station. Okay. Also, the train analogy is epic. I never thought of momentum as being a negative thing. Oh, my gosh, momentum most of the time we are responding to negative momentum. When we yell, it is because two hours ago we started on that train. When we explode with rage, it's because we didn't catch ourselves yesterday when someone pissed us off and we started on that train of thought. Why is it always me? Why does this happen and we ride that train until it crashes with rage. Yeah, momentum, again, has been a really powerful thing for me to keep in mind with my own life. The third thing I wanted to say, which also addresses some of the questions, is this idea of how to move ourselves out of a negative space. So... We know that we want to as much as possible live consciously and from a place of self first. We want the master energy to come from a place of filling ourselves up so we can be. This is completely opposite to what we've been taught, completely opposite to what most people expect us to do, but this is the work. This is how, this is what starts with matrescence, which is even though I'm now a mother, I need to figure out what I need within this and how I can do this for myself. But what if in those moments where we do get ourselves stuck in that, why is it me, I can't do this to get today, this is so hard, 
he never does that to his dad, any of those stories. What do we do? What do we do when we feel rage or anger or anxiety or fear? I think many of you have identified that movement is really powerful. We want to be able to acknowledge the energy within us. That's why the meditations of twisting and stretching is is awakening and shifting those blocked energies. But in the moment with your thoughts, I wanted to share a a, a tool that I use that um, has helped me a lot over the years. And that is finding a, a thought that brings a little bit of relief. And that is if you look at your emotions as a ladder. So right down the bottom you have despair. Despair is that feeling of tomorrow will be no different. It is really the lowest vibration you can have. It is what's the point. And then all the way up the ladder to the top is sort of joy and love and this total sense of aliveness and all of the beautiful emotions that we experience. But in between are these ladders of emotions. And so what this has helped me understand is, and some of you have heard me say this before, but I, I never tire of being reminded of these things, so I hope you feel the same. It is impossible if you're in a really angry place, you are pissed off. You have that rage surging through your body. You're feeling all the feels and you're just holding yourself back. You're not going to be able to jump on the ladder from rage to joy or rage to gratitude. You're not going to be able to say, let that rage go, Amy. I should just be grateful for this. I'm so grateful for all of this. That's, that's a too big a leap. But what is possible is just this tiny little shift And the best way I have found for that shift is to gather evidence from a time when it was different before. What I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. It's always like this. You know, this is my inner dialogue. It's always like this. It's always up to me. Why does it always have to be me? I am so sick of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I am exhausted and it's not fair and... I just, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Caught myself. Catch a, take a breath. You can do this. You can do this. You've done this so many times, Amy. I know it's hard, but you can do it. Remember, you've been here so many times and it always works out. It always works out. In the end, you always have that moment of looking at them and remembering And reminding yourself, oh, these are the good bits. This is the bit that is important and this is why you're here. And you have done this so many times. You are always able to find something within you to keep on going. Now, that's not me going from I hate this to I'm the best mother in the world. But it was just this little bit of a shift up the ladder to, okay, this sucks but you can do it. You've done it heaps of times. You've got the strength. You've got the resilience. You've done this all. You've done this for so many years. You can do this again today. I know you can do this. And when you get to that place of, okay, this sucks, but I know you can do it. When you practice this, you feel it in your body and you actually feel a bit lighter. And then once you're in the place of, 
you've got this, you can do this before, or you've done this before and you can do it again. You can then from that place, because you're higher up on the ladder, say to yourself, and actually they did really help yesterday. And we did have an amazing morning this morning. And I probably just got myself into a stress because I'm sick of seeing the same crap on the floor every day and it's always up to me to picking it up. But actually, they are trying really hard because they did do that this morning. And so then suddenly I'm a little bit hopeful and I'm feeling a little bit better. And then from there, they're actually really great kids. I'm so grateful for these children. Like, and I'm really happy that we get to have this time. And can you see how I've kind of worked my way up and out? What I used to do 10 years ago when I was really dedicated to working on my outbursts of anger and that fieriness that would come out of me was, again, push it down. Bad thought, bad thought, bad thought, bad thought, bad thought. Try to pretend to be someone else who didn't have those feelings and think that I could then go straight to, I love being a mum. This is all so wonderful. I am so grateful. Um, and that the leap was too big, as I said. And then what would happen because it didn't actually shift my beliefs or my feelings or my energy, it would burst out of me anyway. So I hope that this is something you can carry with you. When you catch yourself, what is the tiniest step to a slightly better feeling thought. And as I said, just in case it wasn't clear, the way that I have found to always find a better thought is to search for evidence that it has been a little bit better. Or I've done this before, you can do this. And that beautiful mama is just a snippet of what we talk about in our online women's circle. These conversations are such a highlight. I have been having amazing circles, online calls and group discussions with women around the world for years. And what I have learned from these women, what I have seen in the chat box, which is the little box that pops up on the side where women support each other, they say, you've got this, Joe. They actually get to know each other and build this village. And together, every week, we remind ourselves how powerful we are. We remind ourselves of the tools we need in the moment. We come together. We rise together. Returning home is open again. This time, it will be a six-month experience because I really believe that what we are being called to consider right now, how we live, how we prioritise, what we say yes to when this is all over, is a process that we need to do together. And for six months, we're going to sit in circle. We're going to bring in the best I can find to speak to you and support you. And we are going to build the village that we need as women and mamas. All the details are in the show notes or go to amytaylorkabaz.com slash returning-home-village and join us so we can rise together. Satnam.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 